waves, my waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, it's Nancy Earle, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. So happy you're with us today, and we have a fabulous guest that's going to tell us some really cool stuff this afternoon. So sit back and relax while I tell you a little story, and here we go. The story this week is called, You'll Catch More Flies with Honey than with vinegar. So here we go. As I witness the behavior of people in the world today, I'm reminded of my grandma's old wise sayings, you'll catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, is the one that sticks out the most. She was constantly instilling in her grandkids the importance of being kind to other people. She let us know that you get back what you give and to be sweet to others if you want them to be sweet to you. Somehow these important words of wisdom that many of us grew up hearing have been forgotten. This old-fashioned saying needs a resurrection. As of late, I see little kindness and compassion for each other occurring. This behavior is sad to witness. Growing up, many of us were fortunate to have parents and grandparents in our lives to teach us many important life lessons, lessons that stay with us for the rest of our lives and are passed on to our kids and our grandkids. But what about all those who did not grow up learning about respect, honor, and integrity from their family? Maybe those of us who know these life lessons can begin to share what we know with others who don't know. I mean, why not throw out some words of wisdom when you witness bad behavior? We all have a responsibility to change the entitlement mindset of late. As a kid, when I was out of line or was a smarty pants, my grandma would look me straight in the eyes and say, pretty is as pretty does. <laughs> Reflecting back, I now understand exactly what she was saying to me. You're pretty on the outside when you're pretty on the inside. I've never forgotten her wise words. And here's a good old saying, one for all of us to follow. If you can't say something nice to another person, don't say anything at all. If we could all follow these words of wisdom, the world would be a happier place to occupy. So just for fun, I'm going to read you a couple of fabulous old-fashioned good sayings that have stood the test of time and could use a revival. So, And you can use them as often as you like. So here we go. Confession is good for the soul. It's healthy to get things out in the open. Beggars can't be choosers. Be grateful for what you have. Respect your elders. Respect others that are older. Don't judge a book by its cover. You don't know somebody else's story. I like that one. Here's my grandma's favorite. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Follow through. I love that. And always be true to yourself. Be honest with yourself and others about who you are. And don't spend what you don't have. Live within your means as being in debt is not pleasant. And one more, actions speak louder than words. So there you go. There's my story for this week, and hopefully you can take some of that to heart. Well, today we have a fabulous guest. I'm so excited. Um, Catherine Jenegate 
Jegaday is here. I want to make sure I pronounce her name properly with a wonderful book called Infinite Possibilities. How to use the ideas of Neville Goddard to create the life you want. And let me give you some information because, um, and she goes by Kate. So Kate's a British television presenter and an author with a background in science. She was first introduced to metaphysics as a teenager by her mother who was a former yoga teacher and education specialist. She developed a penetrating and enduring fondness for the self-empowering teachings of Neville Goddard, and she remains just as steadfastly devoted to spreading his message today. After postgraduate research at Oxford, Kate moved to Switzerland to work at the World Health Organization, where she developed educational resources for rural communities in sub-Saharan Africa. In addition to her academic science career, Kate has worked with the BBC Science Unit and BBC Radio Oxford, and she served as a news editor of the international journal African Health, for whom she conducted research trips and assisted in the establishment of uh, learning resources in the study, study center at one of Nigerian's forefront teaching hospitals. This is amazing. And let me give you a, a little synopsis about the book and we'll bring Kate on. It's a bright, bold, powerful new voice on the, she is a bright, bold, powerful voice on the metaphysical scene. And she's penned an immediate, immensely practical, hands-on journey through the publication and lectures of Neville Goddard, a man she claims is the most radical, mystical figure of the last century, a prophet who has popularized the astonishing concept that your mind is God. Welcome, Kate, to the High Road. Thank you very much, Nancy. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. I read your book. Tell everybody who Neville Goddard is and how you started to even read his stuff. Like, how did you pick up his book and what got you on this road, I guess? Yeah, sure. So um, I know it's it's often said that um, I was introduced to metaphysics as a teenager, but actually um, my mom was reading to us from these sorts of books when we were very, very young. And I like to tell the story about the fact that our library at home had all the classical children's stories, but also uh, new thought books as well. Um, I came to Neville as a teenager. He, just to give your audience a bit about who he was, he is a man of English, Irish and Scottish descent, but was born in Barbados or on Barbados in 1905 and um, his family they weren't colonial colonial types wealthy and all of that sort of thing they were just very much a part of the people and they established a successful business there and and made um, made it possible for thousands of people to get jobs and all the rest of it so he was a pioneer in that he left the islands when he was 17 and traveled to New York and Mm -hmm. in New York he wanted to become an actor and a dancer and he had some success Um, But it didn't uh, satisfy this hunger inside of him. And so um, he was taken by a a friend to see an Ethiopian rabbi, a black man by the name of Abdullah, who um, introduced Neville to the Bible, to Kabbalah to esoteric esoteric mysticism. Okay. So uh, my relationship with Neville as a teenager was, was reading this book at this time when uh, I was really questioning um, the role of the church in my life. So I brought up in the Christian faith, mm-hmm. but sort of really questioning and, and, and saying there has to be more to it than this. And when I read it at first, I actually found it quite offensive, <laughs> some of the things that he <laughs> said, as somebody who grew up in Sunday school and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started to really dig into his um, 
techniques and to put them to the test, I was amazed by the way I started to feel really calm and, and confident in ways that I hadn't done before. And I was able to draw parallels or really um, identify correlations between what I was thinking about all the time, what I preoccupied myself with and the condition and circumstances of my life. So, so, so yes. wait, let me stop you here. So what happened was you read his book and then you started to do some of his exercises. You started to do some of this work and see if it worked. And, and what was the first thing you did? I mean, was it an affirmation or you were paying attention to your thoughts and then you realized whatever you were thinking is what you were creating? Is that correct? Well, um, kind of in that um, Neville is somebody who, who wasn't overly fond of affirmations in and of themselves because okay. he is somebody saying that our feeling is the driving force behind of that, he, behind all of that. So he says our feeling is this language by which our bodies, our human experiences communicate with the unseen formless world. Although mm -hmm. he said it's not given to us as human beings to understand how the invisible becomes visible, we communicate with God, if you like, through the language of feeling. So he had this uh, experiment where he said, in three days, anything you want could be yours. I didn't realize at the time that three didn't mean actual three calendar days. It meant something entirely different. But I wanted to prove him wrong. So that was the first ah. thing I did. <laughs> so he okay. gave okay. this exercise and said, you know, if you get into this deep meditative state where you've shut out the physical world, you know, this the sort of thing, a deep, almost trance-like state, and you can feel excited about what you want to bring into your world. And you can begin to feel that you already possess it. That's to say the relationship you have to this imaginative thing is the same as the relationship you have to things you already possess. If you could actually get those two things to line up, then it was going to show up. And so I was really disappointed that it didn't happen in the three days. Ah. <laughs> so I began to really dig deep into what he was saying. And, and actually that um, was the birth of, of my own relationship to esoteric mysticism, if you like. But I was really um, excited by what I was experiencing. It felt great. So you realize there was more to this. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, they talk about um, visualizations and affirmations, and I do all those things. And if you read The Secret, I think that's what they talk about, too. But nobody ever says, and you are absolutely on the money here, Kate. It's the feeling. And I always say that, you know, if you can see yourself in the car and feel yourself driving it, then the car is yours, you know, and it is. You can see it and you can think it, but you have to know what it feels like before you get it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what I, yeah. And it's so cool. Now, here's my biggest question. Why, if he, let's see, he wrote these books when? Early 1900s? So, yeah, in the 1920s, I think 19. 28 was his first kind of outing, speaking, right. um, trying to speak and teach the philosophy and teach what he was being taught by the rabbi. So um, that's where it started. I think his first book was published in 1938, but actually um, was published, picked up by a publisher in 1941. And that's Your Faith is Your Fortune, my absolute favorite book of his. OK, and yeah, I was going to ask you that because I did look up some of um, his books to check them out because I was like, this is really cool. And I ordered some of them from Amazon. They should be here today. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Because I want to hear everybody's philosophy, but I guess my big question to you is, um, as we're getting closer to break, but why do you think, I mean, here, he, and there's a lot of other people that have figured this stuff out. Why don't we know this? Why, you know, that's the big question. I mean, if he knew it way back then, and I know it, and you know it, 
then is it just people are afraid? Do you think it's because it's not inside the church? You know, I'm, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that subject. Yeah, I mean, we can talk more after the break, but it, he really does talk about the order of things. So not everybody at the same time is going to reach the same conclusions that you and I and Neville and other people have reached, but that's for a divine purpose. It's all in order. So we're participating in this great drama, which has a higher divine purpose. Oh, I see. So everybody's not supposed to know at the same time. We're all supposed to know a little bit, you know, as as we progress. Is that what you're saying? Yes, but I, I, I'm really happy to explain that in uh, greater detail when we come back. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, Kate, we are, we'll be back here in a few minutes with Catherine Jegaday, and her book is called Infinite Possibilities, How to Use the Ideas of Neville Goddard to Create the Life You Want. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. that many prospective college students work under the management of handlers? A tutor helps with SAT preparation, while a consultant concocts the perfect resume to present to colleges. They say the closest people ever come to perfection is on their resume. But college admission staffs aren't so bubbleable. That means gullible when it comes to sorting out students' qualifications. What's another word for a person with enough education to go to college? A tancum. The graduation cap was initially a hood and is believed to date back to the Celtic times when druid priests wore capes and hoods to symbolize their intelligence. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back. And we're here today with Kate Jagaday and her book, Infinite Possibilities, How to Use the Ideas of Neville Goddard to Create the Life You Want. And Kate, before we went to break, you were going to, I was asking why why don't more people know this stuff? And you were kind of going to elaborate a little on that. Right. So, I mean, not to um, frighten anybody or kind of say something that's too out there, but just in a nutshell, what Neville teaches is that the global community is performing this great drama, which has a purpose that is revealed to us on an individual basis. And what happens is that there is a portion in any given dispensation or time era, there is a proportion of that population that comes to this knowledge and is charged, if you like, with disseminating this information or helping to teach or spread the mes message, as it were. But all those other people who are not really part of that conversation, they are there providing context for all of this. And we, uh, through the process of hearing, uh, speaking, doing whatever it is that we do, we begin to learn who we are. So Neville says when we're born into the world, 
um, we forget completely our true divine nature. And, so, and for someone who's never heard this before or who is unaware of anything spiritual, if you like, this really is kind of jarring to them when put into the context of their day-to-day -day life. But what Neville says is that unlike um, religion that teaches us that some things are of God, if you like, and some things are not, he says there is no disconnect between anything that exists and the spiritual world. And by going through the rigs of daily life, paying our taxes or doing whatever it it is that people are doing mm -hmm. what we do is we learn we remember who we are so we are faced with challenges which are here to inspire us to use our creative faculties that's what it's about and once we do that we begin to transform the world around us for ourselves first and then for others secondly so is it like a new state of consciousness is what it is a new way yes. of thinking yeah. Yes, that's what's happening. Um, but it happens on an individual basis. So people shouldn't be alarmed. Those of us who have been charged to to um, share this information, when I say alarmed, sorry, alarmed that not many people seem to be aware of it. So those of us who are charged to speak like uh, the way we do, those who are to hear from us will come into contact with them somehow. And we're not to be concerned with who we're supposed to reach or how we're just supposed to speak faithfully. Well, I agree with that. I always pray before the um, the show, and I always say, whoever's supposed to hear this, you know, let them hear it because you know, and that's how that works. And it's so cool to hear you say that. Um, so, how long, you know, back up a little bit. So, when did you finally get to a point where you realized this stuff did work, and when did you start creating? I always say we're little creators. When did you start creating <laughs> the life that you want? <laughs> Well, well, actually, as a child, only I didn't realize it then. So let me say when I started consciously creating was um, probably in my late teens. I was aware of the fact that things that I wanted that I couldn't have due to lack of resources, I could just fantasize about them and that they would show up. And that could be anything from um, a car, my own apartment or whatever it was. I just used to fantasize. Um, I, I write in the book about fantasize with focus. Um, I was aware, even though I wasn't talking about it much, I used to say to my mom, oh, my God, anything that I get really excited about just shows up for me. Um, it it was a little bit, um, back, a bit backwards and forwards because there were times when I would think about something and it didn't show up. And I didn't realize then um, the impact that doubt has in short-circuiting that process. Oh, but um, okay. I, whenever I got really, really excited, I got so lost in my um, fantasies and my thoughts about what it is I wanted, it would always show up. So I began to have all sorts of weird and wonderful experiences in life. <laughs> That's that, cool, though. That's yeah. awesome. But you say one thing in the book that I want you to tell people and that, you know, I've heard so many times and then I, I make this mistake. You say, OK, if you have this dream and you want it to work, don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very important that we don't do that. We never quite know um, the state that the person we're talking to is in. And more often than not, what a person will do is echo back your doubt. So what you're feeling most intently is what someone's going to reflect back to you. So if you have any uncertainty about um, – so Neville does say he does make that distinction. If you have any uncertainty about what it is that you're trying to achieve, don't speak to anyone. When you've reached a point of what he calls total conviction, nothing can shake your belief that it that it's done, then it's okay to, to confide in someone you love or trust. But you have to be um, aware of the fact that we're human beings and 
um, unfortunately, we uh, as human beings have limitations. And one of those limitations is that we are envious of each other and resentful. Well, that's what I'm wondering. So if you told somebody and they were jealous of you, then the energy would be disrupted. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And as soon as you start to feel uh, shaky, as soon as you start to waver in your mind, you're going to short circuit um, your uh, ability to manifest what you want. And then you start all over again. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And you could, you put, and, and what I really liked about your book is you add Bible verses because you refer back to the Bible on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, you can, I hate to have you quote Bible verse today, but can you um, kind of correlate something that maybe comes to mind that was an aha moment that was, that Neville talked about, and then you turned around and it was right there in the Bible. Oh my gosh, it's one of those no. things kind of like Well, that's okay. No, cuz I mean, well, I always say, you know, Jesus talked about the spoken word, okay? Mm-hmm. And he said, whatever you speak, you know, whatever you say, um pretty much determines what your life is going to be like. And it's in the Bible and it's so simple and people don't catch it. They don't realize. Mm-hmm. He talked about the energy of the spoken word, the energy of your thoughts and your feelings, which is what you're talking about today. And I just think it's really cool. I guess people in my mind don't catch that kind of stuff in the Bible unless maybe they're a little more in tune. Um, it, it, it is. Um, it's interesting that you say that you made that statement in tune. And it's the Bible is such a living thing. Neville says it's the greatest book in the world. But what the Bible became for me, you know, growing up in the church that I grew up and this is not going to be true of all churches, but in my church, it was kind of a, a rod to beat people with. It wasn't um, something that could be a friend or a guide. It wasn't full of inspiration and, and beauty. I grew up that way too, Kate. It's okay. It was this thing that, that you became frightened of, but just all of Neville's work is full. All of his lectures is full of, are full, sorry, of reference to scripture and he expounded and explained it in such an accessible way and in a way that was so relatable to my daily experiences that the Bible became this uh, friend uh, to me. So I think um, I would encourage people to get in tune with what the Bible really is for, which is a, a guide for all of us, a blueprint, and don't be put off if um, it doesn't chime with your belief or your culture or whatever it might be or your own religious background. Anyone can read the Bible and to derive something from it because it's a lie. And and they always say the words are alive or they pop out. And it's funny because I'll have something going on in my life and I'll go to the Bible and I'll open it. And of course, it's always the place it's supposed to be for me to read, you know, the the answer to my question. So it's interesting how we're um, how we can pick that information up. Um, I wanted to ask you now that you do this work, do you have videos? Do you do classes? I mean, do you teach other people or, or how do you, you know, get this information out there? Um, right now, I, I, I'm actually thinking about uh, blogging. What I've been doing since the book came out is just been answering questions nonstop. So people can contact me on, on Facebook. Some people I give my email address to, and I tend to work with people on any questions they have or something they're going through that they're trying to achieve. And I kind of just hear what they have to say, feel into a response for them. So that takes up a lot of my time and energy. Um, I haven't really done any videos, but Nancy, every single person I meet asks me. So I, I guess I'm you're supposed to do videos, Kate. You're supposed to, yeah. It, and it does feel very, very natural. I am very, very comfortable uh, speaking on camera and I, I should really look into that. So <laughs> that's what's going to be next. <laughs> well, and where can people find your book? 
Okay, so um, it's available on Amazon, available in all good book uh, stores. Um, Penguin Random House actually has a list of all the bookstores that they stock it in. And um, if you just Google it, you'll be able to find um, where it is wherever you live. Now, you're visiting us today from the UK, and we were talking about a little time difference, a little weather difference over there. How Now, compared to, this is something I just want to know, how do they um, feel about your book compared to how we over here in, I say across the pond, in America feel about your book? Like, how, is there a difference, or is everybody kind of on the same page, or, or do you see any difference? I, I do. I see a huge difference. I always say that I wish the UK had as much of an appetite or an openness to this sort of thing as Americans do. I don't know if it's to do with the founding fathers who were inspired thinkers, um, that America has become this place that's so open to alternative philosophies. I think in the UK, because of um, uh, the role of that liberalism plays and this sort of um, attempt to make everybody feel comfortable, I think certain things get shut down. And that's not a criticism as such, but it's kind of like, I, I think people are missing out here. Um, there have been people in the UK that have reached out and even they have bemoaned the fact that the uh, the hunger for this work isn't huge and the groups that gather are pretty small. Um, but it would be wonderful if the UK got as hungry for this stuff as um, Americans generally are. Yeah, because I see that there's been, well, I just see there's such a change in consciousness happening right now. There's more people talking about this. And one thing you talk about in your book is love and fear. I'm kind of skipping a little bit to towards the end of it, but I see that so much. You know, Louise Hay always talked about there's either love or there's fear. And I see that so much. Can you give us your little your synopsis on, on your fearless chapter? It was chapter 18 in your book where you talk about love and fear. Yeah, I mean, fear shuts us down and it stops us from trying things and I and love opens us up. So if we think about the things that we're afraid of, we're going to stay away from it. Um, living fearlessly comes once you begin to live creatively, because when you see that actually there aren't all these things outside of you that have the, uh, the, the ability to harm you, you can then begin to live your life in a much more free and expansive way. The important thing to remember from that, from the whole message of the, the love and fear dynamic is that this is about us as individuals stepping into who we are supposed to be. We all have been mandated to make this discovery of self and to make a contribution to the world around us. And love is the vehicle that's going to help us to do that. And love helps us to overcome fear. So it, that if we want to tap into that love, it's all to do with being creative and being creative by starting to craft the life that you want to live. Okay. So that you're happy. And then the love flows because you're happy. And when you're happy, that's the vibe that you put out and the energy that goes out. And then that's what you get back, right? Absolutely. And you'll begin to find actually that all of the people that were horrible to you doing horrible things don't <laughs> do that anymore. Because what you just, you start to understand is that you can empathize with their position and uh, you begin to perceive what they're doing differently. And you realize, oh, my God, they weren't speaking to me like that. They were actually saying this instead. And you start to form these new corrections and we come together as a global community, which is important for all of us. I see. So a lot of times what you're saying is the message gets misinterpreted. And then when you get to a different level of consciousness and you see things a little differently, then the energy changes and you don't look at that person the same way. 
Absolutely. Could you imagine if somebody you think somebody's being mean to you, but yeah. actually what they're saying is that I'm in pain. I need your help. Your yeah. relationship to them and what they're saying changes tremendously. I've, I know that from personal experience. Got it. Okay. Well, we're going to talk more about this after the break. I am so excited to have you on the high road today. And again, we're talking with Catherine Jagaday, Infinite Possibility. But make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. It's marching When I was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hardy bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? Hog-a-ma-dog. Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity, and thanks so much for listening today. Hey, listen, if you guys are interested in any of my intuitive coaching, please uh, send me an email or just go to my website. It's nancyyearout.com. It's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, and you can sign up for coaching. I do speak to groups. If you um, would like me to, just go ahead and shoot me an email or get a hold of my publicist, Sarah, and she'll help you out. And we are back here today right now with Kate and she's talking about infinite possibilities and we were talking um, during the break about God and how we perceive God and I was asking Kate if she would give us um, just a little information of you know how Neville explained there's God that we are God that we are little gods and I always say we're little creators so if you wouldn't mind Kate 
Yeah, absolutely. I think for a lot of people, God has been condensed or, or restric- restricted into being this religious idea or this just this deity that belongs to whatever religion you are a part of. But Neville, the way I explain what Neville taught is to say that God is absolute causation. So if you think about the most you know, the minutest part of an atom or whatever the the most fundamental uh, units of existence are, God is the underpinning of that thing. So we have to be God. If God is all of that, then we have to be God by definition. So I think if a scientific idea appeals more, then go with that. If we're talking about um, what the sorts of things that quantum physicists can explain (laughs) much more eloquently than I can, but Mm -hmm. that's we are made of the same substance as God. Now, as the creations of God, God is, of course, ultimately greater than us. But we encourage in the Bible to be imitators of God as dear children. You were asking Nancy before about what Bible verse. That was the one that really kind of went ping for me when okay. uh, Neville said, be imitators of God as dear children. So what that's saying is that the stuff that God is, we are made of that, even though we are physical human beings. And so as we begin to experiment or to question or to look into that, we begin to see ourselves as more than just uh, dust or human beings that are going to just die and decay one day. We see ourselves as having a greater purpose. We see ourselves as being for a greater, making a greater contribution and so on. So we are God in as much as we are made of the same substance that God okay. is. And we have we have a lot of the same abilities, and that's what you're talking about the book, and people don't use their own abilities, and I think we're learning to enhance those abilities. You give some exercises in the book to try to enhance some of these. Is there one that maybe you would like to share with us or... Yeah, I think for me, uh, I'm always encouraging people to reacquaint themselves with their divine being. So you want to uh, get excited and, and, and close your eyes. And if you have the opportunity to be in a quiet space on your own, just close your eyes and breathe deeply. And when you start to feel yourself relax, properly relax, not just sort of being on edge, but really settle down into the meditation, just start to ask yourself this question, am I really God? And you're asking this question as though you're speaking to another person, but you're speaking to the being within. And just wait to feel something. And that is uh, your divine being responding to you. And then the follow-up question is, is it really true? And just repeat that for a few minutes. And this is a really strengthening exercise, whether you are coming to this completely fresh or you've been doing new thought or metaphysics or meditation for uh, for a long time. And what it is, is starting to show respect to your uh, higher powers, really. Uh, And once you start that conversation, you can then move into other uh, exercises and techniques for that, you know, that are tailored to specific outcomes. Okay. Now you talk, you you mentioned earlier that Neville says that this is a, obviously God says he has a big plan, but he talks about the plan. And you said that some of us become enlightened quicker than others, and, and, and it's a whole thing. What does Neville say is the purpose, the, the final ending? Is it where we all come together and connect? Is that what yeah. he says? So absolutely. So he says that this world is the schoolroom. So if you think about it, um, 
as we are graduating, there's always a graduating class in any institution of education. Not everybody, the, the freshmen aren't graduating at the same time as the seniors or the graduating class. Okay. It happens in a process. Once those who have graduated move off the scene, the next group come forward. And it will happen that eventually all of us will reach this point. So people shouldn't feel frustrated about the fact that maybe the person you're married to or your kids or your neighbors or whatever don't know what you know or are not interested in what you're interested in. They are there to help you put into practice the skills, the, the knowledge that you're gaining, whatever it is. They provide context. But Neville says that in the beginning when we were created, we agreed in concert to do that. So just remember that those who are not expressing this now or even say they don't believe it now, they are playing a role, but mm. they're just in a state of sleep. They are not lost. They will have their time too. It's just our time now. So we should get excited about that and speak to whoever you feel led to speak to because they are going to be made awake through your work. No, I think that's awesome. Everybody's got a part to play. It's like we're we're all performing. We're all in this together. And um, it's it's true because a lot of times, you know, when things don't go your way and you're pushed to do something different, it's actually a blessing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's really important that we stay open. Um, my relationship to all of the events that happen in life is that they're there to teach me something. So I think mm-hmm. if I screw up and I come out of that ve- event um, <laughs> really feeling low and bad and I've hurt someone or done something I really didn't want to do, I think, okay, I need to take a do a do a do over or whatever it is people call it. I need a do over right, right. because I didn't learn what this thing was supposed to teach me. Right. And and this is how I view things. And that's exactly right. I talk about that in my book, Wake Up, the Universe is speaking to you. And if you find yourself doing the same thing over and over, then you haven't learned the lesson yet. And maybe you ought to sit back and say, wait a minute. Or if you keep running into the same relationship, you know, you're going with the same person, even though it's a different person, but the same thing keeps happening over and over again, it's time to say, wait a minute, what am I doing here? And what lesson do I need to learn? And and so that's, that's really cool advice that you're giving people out there, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, you know, you talk about releasing the negative energy in yourself to heal yourself. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when people are unwell, um, we're holding negative charge in the tissues, the cells and tissues of our body. And we are given um, a technique uh, through, it's, it's called casting the burden, which is one of the techniques that Neville used that I love. And I use it all the time myself, actually just recovering from something and um, still a little bit achy, but I'm able to cast the burden. So if it's true that God is touched with the feelings of our limitation, our humanity, then he can bear that burden. So what we're doing is we're learning to, to speak to God within and we're taking our attention off the, uh, the problem and placing it on the infinite. So once we do that, once we change the direction of uh, our thinking, the sickness, the disease, whatever it is, it loses its power because it has no context in the infinite. It doesn't have a shape. It doesn't have. Um, a, okay. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. I need to understand this. So if you okay. have a sickness, so if we have, a, if you have a sickness, you if you connect to God and in, in, in what say God heal me or or I guess I missed something in, in between there. Yes, yeah, sorry. I know. I, I know it's a no. It's so cool. Well, I don't. <laughs> Wait, no. I, I, I don't say all the words. So there's a technique called casting the burden, and it's really it's a meditation in which you are uh, 
con- contemplating your sickness or your disease, let's say your knee is hurting or something like that, okay. we use we use our, our human mind to consider the pain and we can feel the pain and all of that. So what we're saying is that we're going to switch from our, from experiencing it as a physical person into experiencing it as a spiritual person. Okay. So once we do that, what we are able to do then is to take the pain away because it loses its context. It's only pain while it exists in our knee, but when it exists in consciousness in the mind, when we're contemplating it in thought, it then loses its power, it loses its shape and its form, and it's able to dissipate. And that's one of the most effective ways for releasing negative energy in the body. Is meditation. Now, I, and I agree with that. Now, how do you feel? I always say, tell people to do salt baths and, and do sage and to change the, the energy. Do you believe in that as well? I think that it's really, really important that people don't get um, hung up on any technique. What I say is whatever works for you, go for it. The the, the thing that's important is that you are relaxed, you're feeling happy, and you feel that you've established that connection, that you're using your thoughts, you're using your imagination to experience what's going on. So any methodology, modality, whatever you want to use, use it as long as it works for you. I totally endorse that. Right, because some people meditate, but then other people run, and that's their meditation. Or like my husband sits in the jacuzzi, and that's his meditation. Like we all have our own little way. But I guess as long as we take the the 10 to 15 minutes, this is what I think anyway. I don't know, Kate. If we take those few minutes and just connect with God, connect with a higher source, if you want to call it that, and just calm our minds, I think we can do wonders for ourselves. Plus, we get really cool information, you know? that's where all the inspiration comes from i used to say my younger sister she's really really hard worker and that you know her and her husband are fabulously wealthy and have the great house and all that but they work really 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 hard and i say it looks like i'm not working hard but all of my work goes on on the inside (laughs) you're just doing it all on the outside (laughs) (laughs) but you know the secret see that's (laughs) the secret the secret's the inside not the outside and gosh once we figure that out wouldn't the world be a nicer place incredible can i tell you one thing nancy yeah, that this work for has sure. done for me it has made it possible for me to have a positive experience with absolutely everyone i meet and wow. some people really don't believe that but it's true i don't have a hard time with people even if somebody is upset with me doesn't want to see me we always end the exchange on a high because i am able to tap into that source of information and find out what's going on and so i lose judgment in that space and I'm able for us to meet as divine beings. We're all well, divine beings. Yeah, but you talk about, no, this is really cool. We only got a minute to like break, but you always talk about, and I love this because I do this when I play cards with my husband. I always visualize myself winning. He doesn't know this. <laughs> he will now. But, um, but I, you talk about visualizing that conversation, that difficult conversation with that person beforehand and seeing it go well and then having the conversation and it going exactly as you, how you visualized it to go, right? I use it all the time. It's so important because sometimes we are intimidated by each other for one reason or another. But if we have this conversation beforehand and we actually defer to that, it will play out because we're talking about a higher power. And that's the thing that we need to keep at the back of our minds. This is a higher power. That means it has more power than what's going on in the physical realm. Gotcha. Okay. We'll be back, you guys, with more with Kate and infinite possibilities. How to use the ideas of Neville Goddard to create the life you want. This is really cool stuff, you guys. So I hope everybody will stay tuned. We'll be right back with the high road and more. 
Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program or to book a psychic reading. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. If you're like me, sometimes you have trouble choosing between being a couch potato or going out. Hey, it's a big decision for a scabberlatchers. A scabberlatcher or a ragabash is another word for a lazy person. Well, a couple from California seems to have solved the problem by inventing a motorized sofa. You may think they're just spinning their wheels, but people have spotted the couple cruising down the street on their drivable Davenport in West Los Angeles and Santa Monica. No word yet on the couple's identity, but a man claiming to be a relative said it's all well within the norm for his fun-loving cousin. I don't know if this Chesterfield on wheels is street legal, but either way, I think the police would have to put up quite a chase before they could couch him. It's marching down. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road with Kate Jagaday. I'm pronouncing your name wrong, I think. No, you're not. That's fine. I'm not. I'm doing it fine. Okay. All right. Infinite Possibilities is her book. She's joining us from the UK today, and it's how to use the ideas of Neville Goddard to create the life you want. And we were talking during the break because um, Kate's just a really cool person. And I'm like, okay, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And what I ask her is maybe she could tell us how we can use some of these things, some of these practices that she's learned in her life in our everyday life. So, Kate, would you kind of give us some pointers here? Yeah, so um, chapter two of the book is called Magic Mirror. So this is, I was saying to to you, Nancy, before, that um, if these meditations, if these techniques, affirmations, whatever you want to call it, aren't a, a habit for me, they're too much of a chore and I won't do it. And so I've made them a normal, natural part of my life. I've made them habits. So Magic Mirror is just as simple as, as you're getting ready, just not being dissatisfied with the person you see reflected back, but being really happy with what you see reflected back. And one thing that we forget as human beings often, I think, is that our minds cannot think about two things at the same time. So if while you're looking in the mirror, getting ready for work or whatever it is, you are 
saying some wonderful stuff to yourself and appreciating yourself in a way you've never done before, you will not in that moment be thinking about all the negative stuff. And I encourage people to use this exercise just for a week. Just just be so positive about you um, and see how that translates into a better week for you. And um, when I wanted to lose some weight, I can't lose weight. I just can't stop eating. But whenever I want to <laughs> use weight, I don't look at my body in the bathroom mirror and think, oh, my goodness. I think, wow, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not actually looking at my body. I'm looking into my eyes right. when I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, wow, yeah. And the weight falls off. It happens all the time. Yeah, I, not- I've had that happen. <laughs> I can do that too. <laughs> so these are the kinds of things that are really easy to do. We're not asking right. people to become sort of spiritual gurus. We're just saying simple things that you can insert into your daily routine that can be really transformative and powerful. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I've heard that before. Louise Hay in her book, she always says, um, God, I started reading her years and years ago. And she would say, she says, look in the mirror and say, I love you. And she said, you know, it's really difficult. A lot of people have a difficult time looking in the mirror and looking at themselves. I mean, this isn't in a, in a, um, you know, weird way or anything. It's just, you know, it's, it's in a way to say, to be able to look at yourself truly and say, I love you can change your life. And, and it's exactly what you're saying, you know, say positive things, look into your eyes. Cause that's, they say the eyes are, are the soul, right? So you're looking into your soul and you're telling yourself that, Hey, you're, you're not such a bad person. And what you're saying is that goes into your consciousness. And then when you go out into the world, it changes how your interactions with people, right? Absolutely. And, and it's wonderful. A lot of people love Louise Hay and didn't realize her relationship to Neville. So it's all the same thing. You know, her son was named after Neville. They were very close. Know that. Oh, yeah, my God. Neville really? Mark. He was I named after Neville. Know that. Okay. So, so some people will know Louise Hay's work, Nancy, and think, oh, who's Neville or what's Neville? If you love Louise, you love Neville because okay. it's saying so much of the same sort of thing. And this is what I'm saying, that make those statements deliberate. It is absolutely not easy to love yourself when your body is not doing or looking the way you want, doing what you want or looking the way you want it to. Right, right, right. But if you look into your eyes and you're thinking about what you're saying, you are a wonderful person. You are confident. You are kind. You are generous. Whatever it is you're saying, I appreciate you. I'm just happy to be here. Whatever it is you say, at that moment, you cannot be saying anything negative. So make those statements deliberate and focus on them. And it really works. Okay. Do you do this every day? Content, you still do it every day? Do you? I just wonder. Do you? I I don't anymore because I'm happy with me now. But I did. I tell you a story. Um, When I was younger, I had really bad acne. And it was like I couldn't leave the house kind of acne. Mm. And I used it to clear up my skin. I had gone to the doctor. There was nothing they could do. And they wanted to do thyroid and surgery and all kinds of weird stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm going to use what I know. I couldn't believe it. My skin like cleared up in six weeks. People, I'm 42 almost. Nobody believes my age. My skin looks incredible. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about absolute causation. We're talking about the power of creation and using it to create the life you want. Why wouldn't you use this stuff? I know, you know, and I do know that you can make yourself look younger and people say, Nancy, how do you look so young? But <laughs> I, it's cause I want, it's cause I feel young and cause in my mind, I'm still only 20 some years old. And then people are like, I'm actually 56, but people don't realize that. 
they think I'm much younger, but it's because, and it's exactly what you're saying. It's because I don't think of myself as an old per- older person or even at my age. And when you do that, it keeps, like you can create yourself to be any way you want yourself to be. Don't you find that, Kate? Absolutely, because what we're doing through this language of feeling is telling ourselves what to do. We have dominion over the cells in our body. And it's Mm -hmm. only until you put this to the test and prove it to yourself that you're going to know that this is true. So Neville says he doesn't expect anyone to take what he says at face value. He even says it's unreasonable to expect people to believe what you're saying without any reference of of, uh, for themselves, without having any personal experience of it. And so this is why I'm saying over and over again, experiment, experiment, know what we're talking about, know what I'm talking about, what you're talking about, Nancy, they can have it too. I mean, my mum has always looked really young. People say she has good genes, but she just says because that's what she fills her mind with, how young she feels. And so she looks incredible. And anyone can do the same thing for themselves. We all have the same power. Isn't that amazing? Well, it is. And my mom's the same way. She looks, my mom's like 80 some years old and she looks like 60s. You you would never know. It's just crazy. But yes, and it is. It's whatever you focus on, I think. Um, And and that's what we do. We, our words and our thoughts are what create our reality. And that's my biggest thing for people and your feelings like you were talking about, because the feelings is like the icing on the cake. If you can't feel it, you know, but that's, we create our own world. We actually do. So um, I think if people could start realizing that, then maybe some of the negativity would stop. Yes. I mean, Neville says that we're almost hypnotized by the negativity in the world. We believe it so much. It comes to us from every angle. Those people hate you for that reason. That's going on because of that. But even though those things are happening, those things are true, they are just providing context. So if you're somebody who feels that everywhere you go, people treat you badly, there's going to be someone to show up and prove that to you. If you're someone who believes you're always treated well and you're able to live peaceably with your neighbors, your colleagues, whatever it might be, they're going to start doing that to you because our feelings are telling the physical world around us what to do. Neville says even inanimate objects are held under the same sway. We have the power. This is absolutely causation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So if you think everybody loves me, then everybody's going to love you. And if you think people don't like me, then they won't. No. And it's as simple as that. But it's the thing that's difficult is believing that it's getting to that point where that's true for you. And that only happens if you put this to the test. Okay. How long did it take you? It's difficult to say. I would say for me, um, it's been happening all my life. I think uh, when I was young and I was putting it to the test and I was seeing things show up, that didn't take very long, that process. It was right. a couple of years of kind of getting to understand what Neville was talking about, understanding his language, deciphering some of the code, learning some of the uh, esoteric symbolism. But that's why I've made this book as simple and as straightforward as possible. These are formulas that can be replicated. And I'm saying you're going, I'm guaranteeing results if you right. follow the techniques. Well, and I want to tell people that too. Um, get her book because it's not real long. It's a, it's a, well, it's not short, short, but it's medium. And, you know, I was able to go through it. Well, I was excited to read the next chapter because it's everything I believe and everything I thought. So it's nice to have somebody else go, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> but I love your exercises. And I did them because they're easy, you know, and you can just sit there and take a few minutes. And, and I will go back. I think I mentioned on the break and read it again. This is a book that you'll read again. 
because there's so much information. You're like, wait a minute, I want to do that again. And if you really do this stuff, it really works. Um, what about the st- people at your work? Do they come up to you and say, hey, teach me how to do all this stuff? Because you're in the you're a broadcaster, correct? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't as a talent, I don't really have that much in. Uh contact with people in an office environment or anything like that but um, I think some people are really surprised that I speak the way I do with such um, boldness because a lot of people certainly in the UK are kind of embarrassed about it this is one of the things I loved when I was in the States recently just having people some people are just no I'm not interested but the people who uh, are, are curious are really willing to sit down and have a conversation with you I think if you yourself know what you're talking about and you're confident about it any they, audience they pick that up Right. Yeah, they, they're going to take you seriously because you're taking yourself seriously. But if you're a bit, uh, um, can I just tell you a bit about, the, you know, the, <laughs> they tend not to really uh, respond well to that. Well, I am really excited that you came on the show today and tell people how they can get in touch with you if they would like to. Sure. You so have- I- yeah, so if you go to facebook.com forward slash Catherine Jegaday author, you can send me a message and I do my best to get back to people as, as quickly as possible. Um, and sometimes it's necessary to give my email. But other than that, I'm happy to answer any questions uh, via Facebook. Hey, and Jegaday is J-E-G-E-D-E. So you guys know how to get in contact um, with Kate if you have questions for her. And you can pick up her book at Amazon, like she said. And um, listen, I want to tell you guys, next week we are having Servette Hassan on the show. She's awesome. I've known Servette for a long time. She's just written a wonderful book. It's called Life in Transition, An Intuitive Path to New Beginnings. So that should be a really interesting interesting show next week. And um, I just want to thank Kate for being here today because there's so many people out there that this information can help. So if you know somebody that, you know, this information would help, I mean, share, you know, the show with them because this is a big deal, huh, Kate? It changes your life. Yes, absolutely. And that's what it's, it's all about, real positive change. Well, yeah. And, and it's not weird and it's not ooey gooey. I mean, we are talking about God here. So, um, you know, this stuff is really, really, really important that, that people, um, that learn it and evolve a little bit, let's change our consciousness and let's make things better for ourselves out there. eh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, and is there anything you want to leave us with today, Kate, before we sign off? Just um, get excited about this. One thing I would say is that this is really private and personal. You don't have to tell anybody what you're doing. So don't worry about being embarrassed. Keep it to yourself. And once you start to see changes and you feel a bit more confident, then share it. But you're under no obligation to do. Make this your personal project. Keep it locked in your heart and see it work for you. That is so fantastic. Thanks for joining us on the high road today and check out my website, nancyyearout.com. Visit us next week and we will have more stories to tell you on the high road. Like I said, Servette Hassan will be here. Life in transition and intuitive path to new beginning. Hey, you guys, join me next week on the high road for more stories filled with wisdom, love and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know when you stay on the high road, you make it to your destination.
Visit my website at nancyyearout.com where you can sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading. If you have any questions, please email me at nancyyearout at gmail.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T at gmail.com. This is Nancy Yearout lighting the way to your high road to success. Right now, I'm switching to a new lane Foot to the floor, man, searching for the real thing Somebody else sometimes ain't no shame Head to the clouds, ain't It's like, can I